0: I've been aware of the importance of credit and how to use it and repair it for the past 20 years. But it's only recently that I came to fully understand the power of credit. And I want to share that with you today. So, to begin this episode, I'm going to assume that you don't know anything about credit. And so, for those of you who are already well versed, I ask that you bear with me. I'll try to keep it brief. Credit is basically someone else lending you their money, their assets, in order for you to use it in any number of ways, usually to purchase something with money that you don't have, but someone else lends to you and charges you interest on that money. Most people, when they think of credit, they think of purchasing a car or purchasing a home. Maybe getting credit to go on a trip or a credit card, things like that. That's what most people use credit for. So, I'm going to get into the two ways that you can use credit. Number one is the most common way. The most common way is you get a credit card or you get a loan, whether it's a personal loan or a line of credit, and you go and you use that to purchase liabilities. This is what The majority of people do. The poor and the middle class, this is generally how they use credit because it's what they're taught. Now, amongst those groups, the smart people will say, don't use credit, pay cash. If you can't use cash, you can't afford it. Things like that, right? Only get a gas card for emergencies. Only get a card in case you need to take a trip or pay for a funeral, something along those lines. And so what, A lot of people do is they ignore those pieces of advice. They come from a good place. They're not necessarily good advice, but it's what we hear a lot. And so, what people have a tendency to do is they'll go out and they will get credit and they will use it to purchase a car, to take a trip, to get credit cards, and then go buy things that they like fancy stuff, jewelry, clothes, things along these lines. Those are all depreciating assets, okay? Some people will say, well, everyone uses credit to buy a home, and that's an appreciating asset. That's partly true. Partly true in the sense that a home is only an appreciating asset in truth if someone else is paying the mortgage. So if you purchase a home and you rent it to someone and they're paying that mortgage for you, that is definitely an appreciating asset. You'll say, well, if I purchase my home and I live in it, it's still an appreciating asset because over time, I'm going to gain equity in that home. And that's accurate. But even with the tax benefits and things along those lines, it all depends on the market cycle. So if you're in a market cycle where homes are really appreciating in value, then absolutely, that's a good thing. And you're gaining money on your asset. If you're in a market cycle where homes are stagnant or In the negative cycle where they're not gaining value at all, you might have to wait a really long time. It's not that real estate is bad. Real estate is a great investment. It's how 90% of the wealthy make their wealth. What I'm saying is, is that if you're considering it an appreciating asset, an asset versus a liability, in truth, that is defined by having someone else pay the rent. So moving on to how is credit supposed to be used? The way that you're supposed to use credit is that you're supposed to use credit to purchase appreciating assets, not liabilities. So in other words, how do the rich use their credit? They'll go out and they'll get credit and then they'll go buy an apartment building with that credit that they were given. And then they'll have a bunch of people fill those apartments and pay the mortgage on that building. And because it's an apartment building, there is a good amount of money left over every month on top of the mortgage. That becomes profit. Another way that you can do that is you can take that money and you can purchase something that you sell to other people. So let's suppose you have a business and you can purchase things at a wholesale rate and sell them at a retail rate. If you use business credit to do so, then that's a good way to use that credit. There's always going to be risk, right? Because I know some of you might be thinking, oh, but you know, what if the business goes under? What about this? What about that? That is the reason why you want to have good credit so that you can form a business and then establish the business's credit so that your credit and the business's credit are two completely separate things. So if the business goes under, that affects the business credit, not yours. So let's step into the three types of situations you can find yourself in, in regards to credit. So you might be someone who doesn't have any credit. And if that be the case, that's fine. We all start there. So how would you go about getting credit? The first thing I would say is you need to know what you are going to use the credit for. If you just want to go out and get credit and then start buying stuff that's not going to bring you back income, that's not going to give you profit, then my recommendation is is don't get credit. That might sound extreme, but the reality is, is that to put yourself in debt for the purpose of having some momentary pleasures, it's just not worth it. And nine out of 10 times, when the bill comes due for these things that you took out on credit and you don't have the money to pay, you're gonna be stressed, you're gonna feel upset. It's just gonna bring unhappiness to your life. So you're better off not getting it if that's the only reason you want to get credit. So if you don't have credit and you want to establish your credit, it's not that hard to do. The first thing you'll need is what I always say you'll need, in regards to any type of entrepreneurial endeavor, any personal endeavor. You need to have a source of income. If you don't have a business, you need to have a job. Even if you do have a business, you should still probably have a full-time job. Why? Because the full-time job, like I've said before, takes care of your living expenses and your business is able to reinvest whatever income it creates back into the business and help the business grow as fast as possible. So in regards to credit, it's the same thing. You want to have a job because you need to be able to show the banks that you're gonna be able to pay them back. So a credit card is nothing more than a bank loan. The difference being a regular bank loan, the interest rates will be lower and they're harder to get. A credit card is easier to get because they give them to lots of people and they charge much higher interest rates. And so you can easily establish credit by doing what's called a secured credit card. Secured credit card simply means you put a certain amount of money down and the bank will take that money as your deposit. Then they will give you a credit line for the amount of money that you put down. So for instance, one of the cards that is probably one of the best ones to get if you're just establishing credit is the Discover It card, right? So you go out and let's say you put down $500, $600. 500, six hundred dollars, I think that's like their minimum. You put this money down, they put it as a deposit into an account in your name, and then they give you a card with like a five or six hundred dollars credit limit. You start using this card, and you should never use more than 10 percent of your available credit limit if you're trying to improve your credit. And when you're first starting out, that's definitely something you should be focused on is improving the credit that you're given. So there's something called a FICO score. And the FICO score is basically the three credit bureaus and the score that they rate you as. Your reputation score is basically what it is. And what it means is, is how reputable and how trustworthy you are. So for instance, if you pay your bills on time, that affects your credit score in a positive way, meaning the score goes up over time. If you don't pay your bills on time, well, that affects your credit score in a negative way, meaning the score goes down. Over time, and it usually goes down very quickly in comparison to how much it takes for it to go up. So it's much harder for your score to go up than it is for it to go down. There's a lot of ways that you can make your credit score go down very easily. So you have to be aware of these things. And for me to go into all the details of what makes your score go up and what makes your score go down, it's a little bit beyond the scope of what I wanted to do in this episode, but I'll give you some easy examples. Number one, you always want to pay your bills on time. Number two, You never want to go above 30% of your entire credit limit. So let's say your credit limit is $1,000. That means 30% would be $300. You never, ever want to go above $300 on that credit card. The reason being is the moment you go above 30%, your credit score is going to start to go down. And if the mission is to improve your credit, then you want to keep your utilization. In other words, the amount of credit that you utilize below 10%, somewhere between 7 and 9%. So that would mean that on a $1,000 credit card, you're only charging about $70 to $90 per month. And I know you might be thinking to yourself, well, what's the point of having credit if you only get to charge $70 to $90? Well, the point is, is that in the beginning, you want to establish a good reputation. And like anything in life, establishing a good reputation takes time. You're not gonna be able to do it in a month or two. You gotta give it about six months. So for those first six months, when you get your card, you want to keep your utilization rate at around 10%, 7 to 10%. And then the banks will say, hey, we lent this guy some money. He uses it wisely. He's very responsible. He pays his bills on time. This person is worthy of a better credit score. This person is worthy of higher credit limits. And then at the six month mark, you go back to the bank and you say, hey, I'd like to use more credit. Can you please increase my credit limit? at that point they'll look at it and they'll say well yeah okay no problem right some banks are different may take up to a year but the bottom line is as you establish your reputation as you build your credit score and you start to build out your credit file how do you go about doing that well once you have your discover it card you can go out and you can get a card from another bank and you can do a secured card again right and then you now have two cards both of them with deposits. Navy Federal Credit Union is a great one. They give pretty good limits once your account has matured. So your account can mature anywhere from six months to a year. And what they'll do is they'll send you back your deposit. And now the credit limit that they gave you will remain. And a lot of times they will increase it. But now this is free and clear of you having to put any money down. That's the good reason for starting out with secured credit cards. So another thing you can do to build out your credit file is you take a thousand bucks and you deposit it into a local credit union or one of the credit unions that I can leave in the show notes. And after you've deposited this money, you're going to do this to establish a relationship with the bank. You leave the money in the account. About a month later, you can turn around and take out a loan, a secured loan from the bank for the same amount that you have deposited at the bank. So it works kind of like the secured credit card, but in this case, it's a secured loan with the bank or the credit union. Now they'll approve you for this because they're saying to themselves, well, we have his money here, we're gonna lock it, and he's not gonna be able to touch it, and then we'll lend him this money. And if he doesn't pay us back, we've already been paid because we'll take his money from the bank account. And what you do is they'll go ahead and they'll lend you $1,000, even though you have $1,000 deposited in the bank. And you take that $1,000 and you go back to a second bank or credit union and you do the same thing all over again. And then when they lend you the money, you take the money again and you go to a third bank and you do it again. Now you'll have three revolving credit lines. And what that means is these are three credit lines that you have to pay on a monthly basis. In the end, what you'll end up paying is the interest That each of these banks charges you for the amount of time it took you to pay them back. But you were able to get $3,000 lent to you, only starting out with $1,000. So you're leveraging your money. And what ends up happening is you actually increase your credit and now you have five credit lines. You have your two secured credit cards and you have your three banks with your three revolving credit loans, right? Once you pay it all back, because you're paying it all back with the very same money, your credit is going to look really good, okay? And this is assuming that you always stay at around 7 to 10% on your utilization rate on your cards, and you always pay the cards on time. It's better even if you pay them on a weekly basis. That way you never miss a payment because you forgot or you went on vacation or whatever the case may be. If you just follow these simple steps within a year's time, you will have really good credit. And then at that point, that's where the real credit game begins. Okay. And we'll get into that when I talk about what happens when you have good credit. So what do you do if you already have been in the credit game and you have bad credit because no one educated you and you just went out and got credit when you were young or whatever the case may be, or maybe you were in a divorce or you just found yourself unemployed for an extended period of time and your credit got all beat up. Now you have bad credit. Well, the first thing you want to do is you do not want to interact with collection agencies. You don't want to talk to them. You don't want to take their calls. You don't want to answer their letters. The reason being is, is that every time you interact with a collection or a collection agency, they can renew that debt for another seven years. And what happens a lot of times is you may have owed something like five or six years ago, And the person that was holding that debt, the bank or the collection agency that was holding that debt, can sell it to another company. That company can then reach out to you. And if you reply to them on the phone or if you send them a letter or whatever the case may be, they can now refresh that account and say, this is new debt for the next seven years and it will continue to appear on your credit. So the thing that I would say in regards to having bad credit is there are a number of accounts that you can use to open up and start recreating your credit, right? Aside from the fact that there are a number of ways due to the fair credit reporting Act, the FCRA, if you make yourself familiar with this document, it will tell you how to go about repairing your credit because anything that shows up on your credit report has to be valid and accurate. Okay. So that means that according to this law, the Fair Credit Reporting Act. It says that anything that shows up on your credit should be true and it needs to be accurate. Valid in the sense that this can't be something old that's over seven years, for instance. In certain states, it's less than seven years. So it can't still be on your credit, right? If you have like a bunch of inquiries that were supposed to come off and they're still on there. If you have collections that were supposed to come off and they're still on there, there's a ton of ways that you can get these things removed from your credit. And you might be thinking to yourself, no, these people call me all the time. They told me I have no way out, blah, blah, blah. There are a million ways to clean up your credit. You just have to go through the process of self-educating, right? You could use companies out there that say they'll repair your credit. But in my opinion, nine out of 10 are gonna take your money and not help you much. But I would say in most cases, self-education is the best way to go. Lastly, what to do if you have good credit. So let's suppose you're one of the people who didn't have good credit or didn't have any credit and you've gotten your credit to a place now where it's 700, 720, 750, whatever the case may be, right? And you've got a nice credit file because having a high credit score doesn't matter if your credit file isn't full. In other words, if you're not showing that you have revolving accounts and you have some credit card accounts and things like that. So if you have good credit, What you want to do is you want to deal primarily with credit unions who will give you higher limits on your credit. In other words, your personal credit, right? So you want to be able to show that you have as high an income as possible. So if you have to go out there and build up a side hustle, build up a side business and get your income up so you can do that. I advise you to do so because when you list your income, you don't want to lie to the banks, right? But you do want to be able to show that you do have income coming in so that they can lend you in regards to that income. Then once you do that, you go out and you form an LLC. An LLC is a limited liability company and it's basically a corporation. So you go out there, you form an LLC and you tie in whatever side hustle you were doing to your LLC. That's probably the easiest way to do it, especially if you're already making money with it, right? You just make it official. And now based on your personal credit, you can start to develop a business credit line. In other words, a business credit file, right? And the banks are usually going to give you about two to three times, whatever limit you have on your personal credit, they're going to double or triple that and give it to you as your business credit. Okay. And so once you have good business credit, whatever you do on your business credit usually will not affect your personal credit. Okay. You don't want to use this so that you can just take money from your business credit, not pay it, and then say, oh, I just declare bankruptcy. That's not what that's about, right? That's a losing mentality. You want your business credit to be the same as your personal credit. You want it to be good. You want to have a good reputation. You want to be trustworthy. You want to pay your bills on time, okay? But once you've achieved this, your limits will be so much higher, right? Especially as you use them and pay them off on time, Those limits every six months, you can say, Hey, increase my credit limit, increase my credit limit. This will allow you to do much better e commerce business. This will allow you to go out there and buy real estate for rental purposes or for flipping purposes. This will allow you to go out there and do Airbnbs because you can take money off of your credit card and use it for security deposits and for furnishing Airbnbs and things of this nature. You can use the credit off of your credit cards. And go buy cars, basically cash, and put them on Turo or hire a car. There's a number of ways that you can take your business credit and use it to produce income-producing assets. And that's why I say there's a good and a bad way to use credit. Poor people use credit to buy things that they then have to pay for continually and lose value. That's called a liability or a depreciating asset. Rich people, smart business people, use their credit to purchase income. In other words, to purchase appreciating assets, things that will produce money from money that was lent to you. So you're going to borrow money off a credit card and you're going to go buy something that's going to bring you money. That's the way that you use credit. So I hope that this was something you find useful. I hope that you go back and listen to it a second or a third time. If you need to take notes, Hit me up in the comments, shoot me an email, hit me on Twitter or Instagram. I'm happy to help you. And like I said, I'll leave links in the show notes to a lot of the resources that I find are helpful. So until next time, have a blessed day.